Welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. I'm Lindsay Heck. And I'm Jenny Helmendaller. And today we're joined by Alan No and Caleb Rivers. They're wellness esports pioneers here on campus. Welcome to both of you. Hi, Caleb and Alan. Hello. Thank you so much for inviting us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're excited to hear about all the work that you all have been involved in on campus. There have been a lot of conversations. I keep hearing these chirps of esports and everything that's evolving with the work that you're doing. So tell us, what is, what's esports and what is that esport role that we've got going on here at William & Mary? So um, the term esports is kind of like electronic sports, like traditional sports are like football, basketball, stuff like that. And so what esports is, is um, online video game competitions, essentially. So you might know more competitive or more popular games such as League of Legends or CSGO. And so esports revolves around um, high level competition within those games, basically. So what kind of teams are there within esports? Um, if you can think of a game, there's probably an esports scene for it. It just depends on how big the company is and whether they support their competitive scene. Um, so at William Mary, we support titles like Overwatch, Apex Legends, FIFA, um, some of the bigger titles. And yeah. so you're actually going through and competing against other players and where, where are they coming from? Is, are these folks that are stationed at other universities, colleges, or is this anyone? Um, so William Mary has decided to partner up with the um, EGF, the Electronic Gaming Federation. And so that's a collegiate level league. And so there's um, several divisions. They have East, um, West, stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, each of our teams competes with other universities on a weekly basis throughout um, each semester. That's awesome. So it's got a really strong structure where just like any sport, like an intramural team or a sport club, you're actually competing against other schools. So what is the... How does that work in the hierarchy? So once you start to compete with people, you win a game, are there championships and, and things that you're participating in as well? Right, yeah. So um, what happens, at least for our case in the EGF, is we kind of do um, kind of like a hodgepodge of playing all these different schools and teams. Um, and then at the end, the league that we're a part of kind of averages out our win ratio and averages out our points from the games and the top whatever, whatever contenders, they change it so often. The top, you know, contenders appear at like a championship. And then the winners of that last bracket are the ones who get whatever type of reward that we've gathered, you know, throughout the season, whether it be like monetary or if they have some other sponsorship. Well, sounds really cool. I, I mean, I personally have no experience in like any of those games. So um, <laughs> I myself am very impressed with anyone who can, but it sounds really competitive. So that's got to cause like, I guess, a lot of, you know, like competition and maybe stress among players. So you both said that you're wellness EPs, esports pioneers. So what exactly do you do for the team? 
Well, um, for my case, um, because I was also a head coach and the captain for the Super Smash Brothers team, um, as a wellness EP, I would reach out to players of my own team and sometimes other teams as well, and they would reach out to me um, and talk with them about how to, you know, improve uh, both like in, you know, within the sense of a game and mentally and how to work on things like practicing and frustration and burnout. And, you know, sometimes that requires a bit of like uh, understanding. Sometimes it may require you to take a small break or, you know, view things different objectively. But as my, you know, as a captain and as an EP, it requires me to, you know, reach out to a lot of players to make sure that they're okay. And true to our style here at William & Mary, I feel like we tend to do things a little bit differently on occasion. Um, from what I can see, you all really have a focus in that learning and research aspect of it, as well as that applied, that com- those competitive components. Um, why, why is it necessary for you all to have this focus on well-being on these esports teams? Well, as, uh, let's see, how do I put this? Esports is kind of a um, new in a sense, I guess, in comparison to traditional sports, new. Um, and it's on, you know, the participants to be able to better the health of both, you know, the players and all of the competitors in that aspect. Um, and a lot of that we can take from traditional sports and how we see, you know, um, wide receivers and linebackers and how they deal with things like frustration and loss. Um, but it's also, you know, on a much different scale with uh, esports and investigating that scale is what's important. How, you know, how is esports different from traditional sports and how do we target, uh, you know, institutions and things like that to better assist players as opposed to trying to pass them along through this traditional sport line which may or may not be helpful do you think the nature of esports can sometimes make it that it can be even more intense like maybe the fact that i don't know exactly how it works if i'm being honest but like if your voices are right in each other's ears or it's that kind of close quarters do you think that can differ from other sports in a way or cause different problems? Uh, I actually got to write about this a bit and talk with Dr. King about it. And I felt like um, esports as we know it, both on this grand scale and on a collegiate scale and on a high school scale, um, because of the accessibility to its audience, I think that players feel a lot more pressure um, than other people might realize. So I guess, you know, with the football game, everyone watches it on TV and there's quite a disconnect between like a spectator and maybe like a quarterback. But, um, you know, when esports games are usually live streamed on, you know, a variety of streaming platforms like Twitch or YouTube, um, the proximity to the viewers in that way can sometimes allow people to feel extra pressure, extra anxiety. They feel as though like their moves are more scrutinized by people. And I think that is a a major hurdle that requires more research on like the esports front. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I know, I I mean, I guess I don't know what other um, sports clubs do. Um, I mean, I'd like to hear if they have similar roles with wellness 
um, yeah, wellness officers and everything. Um, but it just seems like a really unique position that esports has created. So how does that impact your performance? Like being sensitive to the fact that the audience does have more connection to you as you're engaging in this, how does that impact your performance? Um, from a firsthand experience, I've seen um, people be molded by this kind of aspect of competition that comes from people viewing you and comes from a viewer being so close and tangible. Some people are, you know, they're anxious by being scrutinized so closely by somebody they don't know. And then, you know, the, the rightful or rather best option is to try to ignore them and work on, you know, solidifying yourself and having, you know, this mental tenacity. And another group of people are kind of emboldened. They're like, yes, I, you know, I feel the, the spectator and the viewer. So it, it kind of changes proportionally to the type of person and the type of player um, that plays. And I, I like accounting for that is another really big deal. And, you know, assisting players as they discover whether what type of person they are themselves is also another uh, really helpful avenue. Yeah. And as a non-player, I think it's really easy to come to conclusions and assumptions about lifestyles of gamers, right? Um, but, you know, from your personal experiences, what are some of the most common obstacles to well-being um, that eSport players encounter? Um, I think the biggest difference between um, sports and eSports is just how easy it is to put as much time as you want into the game. Because traditional sports, after maybe like four hours of practice, you're very oh, yeah. tired, you know. But you'll see people, especially pro uh, pro esports players, they'll play like 16 hours a day. They'll wake up, um, eat, and then just start playing all day. And so one of the issues that you'll probably find um, for people who are really motivated to play esports um, is that they won't pace themselves and they'll just keep playing and playing until they burn out. Gosh, I didn't even think about that part. Like physically, I guess I was thinking more of the mental well-being of being mentally exhausted after staring that long or um, just like the aspect of winning or losing. But just physically, yeah, that you're able to do more. How do you think that balances with college? For William Mary, we have like a um, like a contract for the players. Like there's a minimum um gpa just like regular sports you know you'll be on probation if you don't um uh, perform academically academically but i think for the most part that's a non-issue for the gamers because um uh, like the kind of stereotype is that like the people who play games tend to be like you know more nerdy they study more stuff like that and so at least at william mary our our esports student athletes um are okay with their academics but um, at least in the Overwatch team, I've definitely seen um, more of a focus to socialize through playing the game rather than in person. And that's not necessarily an issue, but you know, other people may see it as more antisocial depending on how you view the social space of gaming. And as you've started as wellness EPs, have you've found any surprises or anything that you didn't really expect as you've learned more and observed these players? Um, I think one thing that I'm continually surprised by 
is um, feedback as someone who spent a lot of time competing, um, you know, telling players things like, don't let your losses define you. And, um, you know, understanding that one loss is simply a road to victory. And it's only how you learn from your losses and things like that. And, you know, having them set realistic expectations when they give me feedback and tell me that those things are helpful. I think um, it's not surprising to me in a, in a outstanding way, but it's surprising to me um, kind of that they, that no one's told them this before that I, I wish that they could better themselves in this way. And I'm glad that I can help them to better themselves in that way by helping, by being an esports pioneer. Yeah. And in that role, the, that pioneer space that you're occupying, focusing on wellness in particular, what are some other areas that you um, work with your teammates on building them up, helping them get to that place of well-being while performing on a high level in this esports realm? Uh, one thing that I always try to do is to make sure, um, and I think this may be more of a captain front than an EP front, um, but to make sure that my players are enjoying themselves. You know, the nature of esports requires us to be attached and practicing um, almost whenever available because it's not like a traditional sport. You have to get suit up and, you know, run and dress and sweat and shower, you know you can find time to make your own play sessions. And sometimes I, I have to make sure that people are, are grounding themselves and that this is something that they wanna do and that they're not stressing themselves out to compete um, and that they're not showing signs of burnout, uh, which is a really common thing in esports. So what specific things do you tell the team members to help them deal with mental fatigue and the losses? Uh, for me, I always, the, my go-to line is we'll talk about it, um, because it ensures that we'll have a conversation about it later and that they shouldn't be dwelling on their losses right now. Um, you know, some people, when they lose, they go, oh, I should have done this and oh, I should have done that. And, you know, betting on the would have, could have, should have is a dangerous mindset. And it's, it's going to lead you to making assumptions about yourself, which aren't true. So I'll, I always just say, we'll talk about it. And later we'll go and we'll review what happened and how to get better and we'll learn from it. And then, you know, the next time we'll be even stronger. And even if it takes, you know, one week or two weeks or three weeks, we, it's the, it's the path for understanding that's really important that helps people out. And it really seems like that's something that's applicable beyond the sport um, itself. Um, what are your tips for how we can address mental fatigue and failure in our lives beyond competition? Uh, I think back to, uh, you know, just as I said, the would have, could have dwelling on the possibilities of things that you could have done and defining yourself by your failures is a mindset that I see a lot of players in both, you know, um, ordinary students fall themselves into. They do bad on one quiz or one test or, you know, something happens with a job interview and, and that failure defines them, but it, they, it shouldn't. It feels as though that they, they define themselves with that failure and they shouldn't um, because there's always room for growth and understanding. And, you know, even if it takes, you know, one office hour or two or one week or two, I think uh, 
knowing your mishaps and then growing from them is a lot more uh, solid of a game plan than to blame yourself for every failure that you come across. Yeah, I really like um, that idea that, I mean, you know, we all have, not necessarily that we want to think of our lives as just a series of wins and losses, but definitely we all feel failure and we feel like we have failed at something. So I really like that advice to step back and think about it later or um, just address it in a healthy way. Alan, is there anything that you've learned about or given advice about in esports that's been applicable to your everyday life? I would say more of like a general mental health and well-being kind of um, topic, but, you know, grounding yourself in the present making sure that when we're playing, when we get upset, um, you know, take time to breathe, um, focus on the fact that you're playing with other people, because one of the things that you can find in more team-based games is that um, players will forget that they're, you know, playing with their friends or with their teammates, people they actually know, and they'll tend to, you know, lash out, get angry. Um, Definitely an issue you'll see more in, Know, random matchmaking in these types of games but you know just reminding them that you know they are playing a game <laughs> at the end of the day um just like communication is i think a big thing um for a lot of these players um just learning that you know how they talk to people normally is different in a team environment That's wonderful. It sounds like you have a very strong foundation in those interpersonal relationships, maintain that sense of communication, really focusing on resilience, right? Um, And that sense of like mindful communication as well as you're navigating that space, both actively playing and and beyond. So yeah, it's just so applicable to real life. Um, Yeah. And do you have any other advice to people who are dealing with just their everyday losses? I do. I think one thing that I have been telling people recently um, that's even helped me out as, you know, I continue my postgraduate alumnus job search um, is that uh, a lot of us have been told this conception that practice makes perfect. And I don't think it does. I think practice makes improvement. And I think people shouldn't be striving for perfection they should be striving to be better than the person they were yesterday. And if, you know, if that applies to a failure or victory, who's always up. Love that, Caleb. Is there anything exciting coming up in esports this semester for spring 2022? Our games are starting, what, next week, this Monday, coming up after this weekend. So I don't want to say this semester, but this year we're launching the, um, merchandising store. So um, we're getting the ball rolling on that. Um, more of a personal project, but um, for my kind of wellness um, application in the in the program, we are starting a kind of like an esports mediator um, training. And so um, last semester, I recruited about four uh, undergrads and so this semester, we're working with the Wellness Center and Dr. Grace to um, train them 
That's nice. great. And what will their point of focus be? Kind of what Caleb was talking about, but more of less of a game related counselor because um, Caleb was a captain. So he kind of understood the game more, I would say. Um, but we're trying to have just general resources for these players to talk to. Um, Cause I think that's a big thing is that um, a lot of people in general just have issues finding people to talk to when they have a problem, but they don't know how to tackle it. And so we're just trying to give these uh, players general uh, mediators to talk to. Um, yeah. I love that when it's incorporated and embedded into the culture and you create that safe space for the people that you're closest with. That's, that's a wonderful thing. And what's the best way for people to get connected to esports? So technically, there are esports is divided into um, a student-run club and the university-backed program. And so, um, if you just want to be part of the community, um, I know for Overwatch and Smash, they have regular um, Smash has tournaments. Overwatch has like um, custom games with uh, community members. But you can join the esports club on Discord. And um, uh, if you want to join a team as a player, as a coach, um, as a helper, um, you can always reach out to people in the Discord server or try to find them online. We have a, there's a website um, listing the esports, applied esports. And so you can try to contact someone there if you want to have a more hands-on approach. Are y'all in Triblink? Um, I'm not sure if the... The university-backed esports is, but funny enough, uh, Smash Club is on Triblink, so <laughs> and people can link up there. Right. Awesome. Great. Well, best of luck to both of you for the season, and yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Learned a lot. Thank you so much for inviting us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Great. And thank you to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for support of this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Lindsay Heck, Ben Heath, Daria Moody, Calder Sprinkle, and myself, Ginny Hellmandaller. <laughs>